And maybe it's just that everyone else is um, kind of definable in one sentence. Right. That's and true. River's interests and identification and everything else is all super interesting, but there is not, he's not easily defined by one thing, which is why we want to have him on the show. Right. But it also makes like, what's that one sentence elevator pitch a little bit harder to sell people on. I just like, I just wanted to just stare at him because he's like, everything about him is just like, like when he says I'm intersex, it's like, if you look at him, Mm -hmm. you can understand the definition just looking at him. I mean, he definitely is one of those people who commands attention when he walks in a room and not because of like a physical, you're like, that looks odd or, you know, that person looks odd. It's more of like a, this person's just interesting. The way they're comporting themselves, what they're talking about, what they're doing is all interesting. I want to watch this. Yes. And then his, like his appearance and his mannerisms Mm -hmm. both like embodied like such this perfect combination of what you would tend to think of masculine and feminine. Like it was all Mm -hmm. right there in this like very natural, not like not put on. There's nothing about him that was like put on or he had to like, you know, create this persona like this is just who he is. And I love, I'm obsessed with it. I'm going to be like a freaky stalker, (laughs) but I won't. I'll cut that part out. Thank you. Um, We'll just use everything (laughs) before it. We'll just get the razor blade out and edit that down. Appreciate that. This is why with your hosts, Heidi Hedquist and Luke Poling. I realize this question is kind of ridiculous because it's a bit ridiculous and and silly to ask one person to define a group of people in any way, shape, or form. Um, And to ask one person to act as a mouthpiece is also idiotic. But what is, let's say, what's your definition of intersex, since that is such a big part of the Ponyboy film? Right. Well, my definition is the definition that's in uh, just all the internet (laughs) it is uh it is an umbrella term to describe um people who are born uh with bodies that are outside of the gender binary meaning uh sometimes it could be uh, a variation in chromosome or in an in your actual body um where you don't typically fit the definitions of what it means to have a male or female body um so it's pretty open-ended of what it means um, so there's a variety of different, uh, conditions and variations that one can have to be intersex. And it is about as common as having red hair. About 1.7% of the population is intersex. Um, but because of, uh, shame and stigma of, uh, just there being literally no intersex visibility, um, there, you don't really hear many people being out about being intersex until fairly recently. Now, Pony Boy is the first, it's sort of being part of the advertising is that's the first intersex story written by and starring an intersex person. You. Yes. Yes. Um, Did you feel any pressure to make this sort of this definitive statement or were you just trying to focus on your story and your, what you were trying to say and let the chips fall where they may for all the other millions of people? Right. Well, it's interesting because originally I didn't set out to make an intersex film. Um, I, um, as a filmmaker, 
when I was writing the script, um, I, I always knew that I was going to act in it. Um, mm-hmm. And so I always thought the character was going to be a queer, like gender fluid character. And mm-hmm. then I realized I was like, wait a minute, if I'm in it, why don't I just, you know, fully put more of my own personal narrative in it and make him an intersex person, uh, the, the character. Um, but for me, above all, it was, it was, most important to to focus on the story rather than trying to jam in a, a social justice message in the film um because i sure. think there's nothing worse than like a film that like you know is trying to get a message across and then it loses sight of the the narrative and the story itself I totally agree yeah yes <laughs> that makes so much sense and um obviously the the film has been incredibly well received has it been received the way you thought it would or more or less uh so much more to be honest (laughs) i i I mean to my surprise and to my you know delight as well um i you know when you i've only done this one one other time before like write direct and act um in in a film um and it's crazy because like you, you spend so much time in it, like in the pre-production and then like the actual shooting of it and then the post-production. And then it's like, you know, making films in 2019, there's the social media campaign and there's like so many aspects of like, uh, and then there's like the interviews and the press and like, so there's, there's so many aspects of, of me everywhere. And there's so many different narratives of me aside from the actual film itself that like it, when we started screening it, when we had our, our private screenings in in New York and LA, seeing how people felt about it when it, when they actually saw it, it was just like I was reminded of why I make films, and it's really or art in general. It's really to show the audience and and to you know have the audience be transformed by something that they had never seen before, and that's really what it's felt like the the few times that we've had screened it it really feels like the temperature of the room kind of changes people feel kind of like more vulnerable people feel like more um wait do you guys hear that blender in the background i do not i don't okay is it your your blender are you hearing it Uh, oh i (laughs) heard it but i don't know if you guys can hear i don't know if it's like no, That's okay. a philosophical question, isn't yes. it? If someone, <laughs> if someone makes a smoothie in LA and there's no one there to drink it. Is it really a smoothie? Yeah. <laughs> right, 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 right. <laughs> How'd you team up with your co-director for the film? Uh, so my co-director, uh, her name is Shade Clacken-Joseph, and she is my best friend, my, my soul sister, my, she, my collaborator, colleague. We went to USC together to the graduate film and TV program. So we met there three years ago, but actually she's also from New York and we had been, she worked in nightlife in New York, and so did I in the, in the meatpacking district uh, during, like, 2013, 14. And so, and so, like, we were, like, in the same circles and probably went to the same parties, but we just, like, never crossed paths until we all came to L.A., which is kind of, like, bizarre and That's cool. Funny. Yeah. That's cool. From my own experience, having co-directed a film before, yeah. For you, how long into the process before you wanted to strangle your co-director? 
Well, <laughs> it, no, I, I, there Be was honest. only, no, there was only one time where we, I really there did. There we go. Okay. Where, but, but honestly, honestly, she put me in check. I was being a diva and she put me in the line for the sake of the film because, well, leading up to the pre-production, there was like a lot of, I, I needed her help. I need, she was pivotal in, in, in every part of the process and, in, in you know, um, in the shot listing. She was also a producer on it too. So she just helped get shit done. Mm-hmm. Um, it, but on set, um, you know, there was this one night where I was like really hangry, hungry, angry. Um, right. sure. And I, I just like, there was like no hot food on set. There was only Subway. And oh I God. just, and, and I'm, glu- <laughs> and I eat gluten free. So like, I was like, there's nothing for me to eat. And I like threw like a hissy fit and like ran and like left the laundromat where we were filming. And then I was just literally like laying on the concrete, like uh, a <laughs> parking lot. Um, and then she came out and she was like, River, we're all here for you. We're all rooting for you. Like, you know, um, people have given their time and effort to all. And we all believe in your story. Like you have to show people your respect because people are the ones that are taking as a director, people follow your suit. So if you're in a good mood, everyone will be in a good mood. If you're in a shitty mood, everybody will be in a shitty mood. And I was like, I'm so sorry. You're right. Like, and I honestly, a, a flip was a switch was flipped and I realized like, you know, I really, as a director, you can never really show your cards like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So just even looking at the trailer for people who yeah. go to the site, it looks amazing. It does. I don't have a question. I just wanted to say like how great it looked. And yeah. again, you don't know how hard it is to make it look that good until you've tried yourself to do right. something like that. Right. Uh, it is, it's very, very impressive. Thank you. So the film is, you've got some, again, uh, almost to go back to what you're saying, your co-director saying, everyone's here for you. You're all working together. You've got some pretty cool uh, executive producers on the project. Yes. How the hell did you get them? <laughs> um, so God, really like just the universe, <laughs> like <laughs> aligning everything in the right time. But, um, but really, uh, my pr- exec, another executive producer, um, they are, name is seven. They're an intersex, uh, creative and, uh, comedian here in Los Angeles and we met through a mutual friend and we had a meeting in like, oh my God, almost this time last year. And I told them about Pony Boy and they were like, I'm going to be your producer. Like, we're going to make this happen. And um, so Seven had a uh, interview or like a, uh, was going to speak on a panel at the Royal College of Arts in London about um, intersex people in Greek mythology and it just so happened that Stephen Fry was, yeah, it goes intersex, uh, like history goes back to like Greek times. Like sure. hmm. um, it's, it's fascinating. Um, and Stephen Fry, a uh, comedian and actor and UK icon um, was speaking on the same panel about uh, his book. Cause he just wrote a book about um, intersex people in Greek mythology and um and so seven asked me if i wanted to come on the panel and and so i did and then we all met virtually in london speaking about you know inter- the intersex movement and then i spoke about pony boy and steven was just he loved what we had to, what the film was about and 
he he loved this so much that he he took a meeting um for us to talk more about pony boy and so we um we met in la because he actually was in la um and then yeah he he agreed to come on and he asked emma thompson for his friend from college from support (laughs) and she said yes and um and yeah that really has it has helped the film so much because aside from you know it being objectively original unique and you know a heartfelt story and stuff just having that extra clout and and then being involved having their just like stamp of approval and saying like i support this i co-sign this it has just opened so many doors um and i'm just so grateful and thankful to seven for bringing me on um or coming on to the film and then you know and then us meeting steven and then yeah it's 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 been pretty wild so how can people see the film or when will they be able to see the film? So right now we uh, question marks abound. If you're in Sydney, Australia uh, next month, we will have our world premiere um, at the my Mardi Gras. My parents will actually be there. Oh my God. <laughs> Stop Let them know. dropping. Stop <laughs> it. <laughs> We well are so we've had a few private screenings, but um, to preserve the premiere status because festivals are very particular about that. Um, of course, uh, we're having our Australian premiere, which will also be our world premiere next next uh, month at the Mardi Gras Film Festival, um, and then uh, we're waiting to hear back from a few festivals in um, the U.S. about when our U.S. premiere will be. Um, but after that, we're going to put it up online probably later this year after, you know, we've, we know what festivals sure. we're getting into. But it's probably going to do, like, most of the queer uh, film festival circuits. And, you know, we're gunning for, you know, one of the big tier, um, sure. you know, mainstream festivals as well. So it's, it's exciting. I'm checking my email constantly. Um, but, you know, how it... <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yeah. So yeah, people just stay tuned, but they, we will put it online for sure, for sure. So in I read a piece you wrote. Um, <clears throat> Which one? Sure well, here's, <laughs> right. the, yeah. here's the here's the quote I want to read you. You yes. said that you create confessionary art that celebrates secrets and exercises shame, which wow. is such an interesting and. Did you write that? <laughs> I did write that. I oh, did okay. Write that. <laughs> um, but it's it's such an interesting idea. I think there's a difference between positivity in in art and and creating like transformative art, and and that's really what I mean by when I say confessionary um, confessionary art that exercises shame, because you really have to go through like the really depths and darks of of who you are or just of humanity in general, just those I'm interested in creating work that kind of just goes into those scary places so that we could come out uh, a little bit enlightened. Um, but the artists or the filmmakers that are, have been really pivotal to me. Um, Sophia, Sophia Coppola, love her work. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, David Lynch is like, you know, a, God sure. to me. I think he's a genius. He's 
he's and you know whenever anyone compares my work to him i'm like oh my god stop <laughs> but, <laughs> but um but yeah he's he's amazing um i love xavier dolan the canadian french filmmaker um mm-hmm. who else oh my god really obscure like uh christoph krzyzlewski from poland mm-hmm. he's made do you know him yeah i i now that you say it i could definitely see the connection um, yeah especially i feel I, like red is the one that oh my god to me yeah is that or, is that the one or is there another one of his that uh really the resonates? double life of veronique actually mm, was okay. my it was a pivotal to me because i i love something that i i love exploring duality and i guess in pony boy there's that that masculine and feminine kind of like even in the narrative itself there's like moments where it feels like um you know, this raw, gritty, like in your face thing. But then there's these moments where there's there's so much dreamlike levity that it feels like more feminine and stuff. So I love playing with that kind of like um polarity. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, those those are the big uh Lars von Trier. Interesting. He's, he's, yeah. <laughs> um in like, you know, like a subconscious kind of like not really like, you know, but I would love to make more movies like that. But, you know, Hollywood is, or even USC itself, because, um, you know, love, love my alma mater. But, uh, you know, people, people get afraid to do really transgressive work. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I would love to, uh, and I want to start exploring that more with the, the films that I have lined up um, in the future of just really kind of unabashedly, like really exploring uh you know how yeah just get really deep into things i don't i really i I saw so i recently saw um crazy rich asians on the plane Mm -hmm. uh yesterday (laughs) and i okay on one hand i love comedy i love asian representation i love just how like lush and like you know extravagant it felt it felt like a disney movie but on the other hand i'm like it felt so like two-dimensional and just like oh my god which was crazy because everyone loved it and i and i could see why everyone loved it because it was like candy it was like eating candy but it was like eating candy and i want to eat like a good piece of like i don't know like like a peyote or like ayahuasca i want something that like blows my mind that makes me feel like i'm different afterwards yes i didn't feel different after i mean of course i felt and i cried at the end when you know spoiler alert he proposes to her um what (laughs) (laughs) that's how it ended (laughs) yeah (laughs) but that's it it's all it was so it was just so formulaic and for everything yes. that was like exactly what you said everything they were trying to achieve it was just so cheapened by how formulaic it was and i felt i mean i liked the decadence don't get me wrong but yes I felt yes like even more decadence i don't know oh wow <laughs> oh my god that wet my god when that wedding procession happened and the water and then they were walking yes. that was so beautiful i I, I mean I can't say I hate it, and I obviously, like, you know, I'm all for, you know, people, underrepresented people being on the screen, and for it to be so mainstream and make that much money, it's incredible. Um, but I just think we really need to, as artists, like, challenge ourselves, and I think uh, filmmakers in Hollywood forget that this is an art form, and that people don't have to like art, and people... 
people should be questioned and challenged by art. But obviously, quest- being questioned and challenged doesn't always translate to U.S. dollars. So, right. you know, there's but that. It, but, right. But even sort of the classic, you know, uh, romantic comedy, you, you, can, you can mix that up a little bit and still not be polarizing, but still mix up the formula. Maybe he doesn't propose to her at the end, you know? There are right, things you can right. do to sort of slowly make that move to then finally right. get to where you are truly being thought-provoking. I mean, I would be pissed if he didn't propose to her. I needed him to propose to <laughs> <Yeah. anything. laughs> True. But yeah, no, you're right. There's other, there's other, yeah, there's other ways. There's other, uh, you know, I don't know. But yeah. You know, you can slowly ease people into it. But yes. <laughs> yeah. So tell us a little bit about Brittany Murphy. Oh my God. Brittany Murphy. Brittany Murphy is to me an Hollywood icon who wrongfully has not been seen as such. I think she is one of the greatest character actresses of our time. And it's funny, if you really look at the body of her work, um, she has just she really was a character actress and it's interesting because people know her from like her, the last things that she did, which were the Mm -hmm. rom-coms the you know, the Ashton Kutcher, just married stuff. Um, you know, uptown girls, like all like the, you know, fluffy, like whatever movies that she did at the end, but really she did girl interrupted. Oh my God. Eight mile. Good God. Her, her work in clueless. She was always like, the funny fat for her comedic timing was so amazing. And it was just like, I, I've just loved her so much. And, and so as a being both sarcastic and also just like wanting to pay tribute to, to her, I started making these Brittany Murphy hats. Um, And then I started looking more into um, the death of her and it is honestly her death alone is enough for a, another podcast. It's mm-hmm. like it is it is it's a, it's a Bermuda triangle honestly of of mystery of 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 it's just it's pretty dark. Um, it is dark. And there's a lot of there's a lot of holes. There's a lot of holes. There's a lot of unanswered questions. Um, and also there's a lot of, uh, collective amnesia about her death. 99% of people, if you ask them how she died, if you ask them how she died, will say overdose or suicide across the board. And it's, it's, do you guys know about the Mandela effect? I don't believe so. So it sounds familiar, but I don't know. So Nelson Mandela, when he went to jail for how many years he went to jail, was like 20 years or I don't know, but went to jail for a long time. Fact check that. Um, He, people came out of the woodwork when he was released from jail, came out of the woodwork and were like, oh, he was, he was in jail. Like, I remember being at his funeral. Like people remembered what they wore at his funeral. People remember what they ate, who sang what at the funeral, but it, there was never a funeral. It's just this like, so people coined this, this phenomenon called the Mandela effect of when people get this like collective, like um, amnesia about events. Um, And honestly, I will say, I'll be the first one to say that's what happened to Brittany Murphy. There's some kind of something. I don't know why the media spun it the way they did um, 
about her death, but for some reason, everybody believes she died of an overdose when it was not an overdose. It's true. That's exactly what they believe. And then didn't her husband, like, then that whole way her husband passed away, too. Her husband died. So after she passed away, which was from pneumonia... Um, and a high concentration of over-the-counter medicines that she was taking to treat her pneumonia. Um, Her husband ended up dying five months later in the same house that she did, Um, which was weird because her husband, uh, reports say, was kind of like a con artist, kind of this like sketchy figure, like was kind of like a failing screenwriter. Um, And Brittany was kind of like the main breadwinner, like supporter. Um, And so people kind of thought that like maybe he was involved in her death, but then he ended up dying from pneumonia as well. So it's like, it's so weird. It's so weird. So So, you're doing a film on this? Um, or is this just a hobby if such? So, so the hats, so it first started as the hats and then we, my friends and I, uh, we hosted a vigil, um, for Brittany Murphy, the first anniversary Brittany Murphy vigil. Um, and on the anniversary of her death, I, I went to her grave in, in Hollywood. Um, and I, I, gave her flowers i washed her grave said some words and then later on that night we actually had a vigil where we all shared our favorite memories of britney murphy um and just like what she meant to us and it's crazy how many people were like really moved by her work um so essentially um film question mark but i think what has actually really started by these by these hats is is (laughs) i mean it sounds a little cheeky to say it's a movement, but it really is a movement. It's a movement to bring awareness to um, her untimely death and to celebrate her career as just this brilliant actress. Um, so, so yeah, a film is definitely something um, I w- would love to do. Um, for now, it's definitely uh, the, my focus is on with, with these hats and with, you know, just, uh, talking about her is is just to kind of like this year will be 10 years since she died and it's astonishing to me that in 10 years a decade has gone by and no one has really um you know paid her homage right um so how did how can someone uh get a hat if they want a hat (laughs) they could DM me on Instagram or okay. get my email <laughs> or email me. So okay. we're, we're trying to keep it in a way, uh, you know, just a little bit, uh, you know, because people get a little bit um, put off sometimes when you try to, you know, talking about like uh, someone who's passed and stuff. Sure. So we want to keep that kind of discretion okay. um, until, sense. until my, my main goal is reaching out to her mother and to her father um, who are still alive. So uh, Sharon and Anthony, if you're listening, uh, contact me because I would love, I would really love to really uh, help tell her story. In a way, I honestly feel like she's um, speaking to me, not in like a kind of like a ghost, like Whoopi Goldberg, like, oh, she's like <laughs> possessing right. me. But in a way, I don't know, something about her acting style, something about like, um, I don't know. There's something that I really revere about her. And and um, there's something at, 
you know, some people have accused me of being like trying to take advantage of her or whatever. And I'm like, at the end of the day, I just really love her. And I, I, every time I think about her death, I cry. Um, and I just, I don't know why, but I just, I just feel so compelled and moved to, 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 to honor her. Is there anything else that you'd like to share as far as what's next or anything? Are you still doing, um, any, like crowdsource fundraising for pony boy anything else you would like people to know um so uh with pony boy um the the next step would be the feature film um which i am currently working on and having some you know things are things are in the brew um for the feature so hopefully that's something that either we start pro pre-production this year and we shoot next year and it releases in 2020. Um, but like, I, yeah, I'm also working on a few other films. I've also started modeling, uh, as strange as life is, you know, it's, it's, it's just really interesting and exciting. Um, how many people are kind of, especially the LGBTQIA community are kind of just like opening their doors for more intersex representation. And I think it's just, you know, it's beautiful. And it's so, it's the next step forward in, in understanding what it means um, uh, to be a human and, and for, for that to mean that gender doesn't have to be what we were, were taught that it was because we were taught by a system that was, you know, capitalistic, patriarchal, and only wanted two versions of gender. Well, and I think that what you're doing is incredible. And I, I totally can see you modeling. And this may sound totally creepy, but I hope you take it as a compliment. But you are oh, you, you are such a beautiful... Yeah. <laughs> Give her a second. <laughs> no, no, you are, you are such a beautiful human being. When we saw you and met you for the first time, you, you know, both as a person internally and what you exude, but physically as well, you're an incredible representation of both genders really like elements of both genders from the you know what traditionally people have said so uh, or have been taught to believe you you kind of exude everything in one and i i think that you're you know it's just you're gorgeous so hey (laughs) not that you you. need to know that but you are (laughs) (laughs) it's good to know that honestly it's kind of it's kind of hard with like you know these days everyone's like a hyphenated especially in LA everyone's a writer director producer content creator screenwriter model and it's like for me you know sometimes you get that kind of fraud syndrome where you're like am I this like you know I don't necessarily fit the traditional you know look of a model or I don't necessarily fit the traditional like look of what a director is you know I'm not a cisgendered like white man but like hey it's really yeah you guys guys aren't all bad but that's just traditionally just most of us yeah most most people most directors are are that or at this stage in, Mm -hmm. in in Hollywood um, so a lot of my inner work lately has been really owning up to, hey, I'm fucking beautiful. I'm talented and I've worked really hard to be here. And I've worked and also my parents have worked really hard to be here. My parents came from El Salvador um, 30 years ago, you know, literally on foot, like crossing the Rio Grande. Like, wow. and, and, and it's just crazy how, you know, how timely it is now with the borders getting crazy. <sighs> and it, it just my heart hurts so much because I'm like, wow, I could literally have been one of those people. 
that, you know, one of those children in one of those camps um, mm-hmm. had I been born in El Salvador and, and my parents came or we all came together. So it's just like, I just feel like, you know, I'm at a place in my life where I really, I want to stand on the shoulders of, of the people that came before me and, and just really be that voice to advocate for, for the, for the future generation of like intersex of, of Latinx people of, you know, Be sure to follow Why the Podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and check out our YouTube channel for some additional great Why content. If you're so inclined, please leave us a review and let us know how we're doing. The show is produced by myself and Heidi Hegquist. Our reluctant executive producers are John Sove and Sandy Stone. Our web producer is Tenley Mustonen. Our graphic designer is Samantha Mustonen. The theme song was performed by the Electrosynthomagnetic Polyphonic Orchestra. This one's for Philippe. Thanks for joining us. Flash, we're coming home. Nigel, is that you? Are you here? Nigel. <laughs>